feels so good to be back. We, we have the music playing. We have the microphone in front of our mouth. It's just, it, it's incredible. I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. That Guys, this is Out of Bounds with Dylan James. JT across from me, as always. JT, we were gone for about a month. Yeah, Dylan, the boys are back in town. They are. We're back. Uh, we've had a unexpected month break. We've had a lot of stuff me and Dylan and I have had going on with yes. me with work and trying to save up money for this car and Thanksgiving week with Black Friday and Under Armour. Ooh, man. There's a lot. Lots of turkey to eat, too. <laughs> yeah, lots of turkey to eat. So happy Thanksgiving. Happy yep. Veterans Day. Thanks to the troops. Everything. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Yep. Of course, yesterday was Remembrance Day. If you had a birthday within the past month, happy belated birthday. Yep. Because we missed a lot. (laughs) But don't worry. Out of bounds, we're back, and we're going to catch you guys up on everything that's been kind of re... We usually do a weekly show, but it's been gone for a month. We're going to do our best to recap all the action in the sports world that's happened within the past month. We should win an award for this show because this show today is going to be a month's worth of action compacted into an hour. Plus, we have Uncle Bobby because we know how long he talks. So it's going to be a lot to put into the show, but we're going to do it. Definitely, definitely. We're going to do it. All right, Dylan. Well, before we get started, um, I know you you had a personal situation uh, with uh, what happened with your with your mom. So I just want to extend my condolences uh, sorry about to hear what happened to your mom, uh, Melinda. So what we're doing tonight, guys, is we're going to uh, um, honor the show and, uh, for Dylan's mom. Uh, and Dylan, of course, you'll uh, talk more about your mom. Yeah, and yeah. Your final I appreciate thought. it. So just wanted to say that uh, before we get started, man. Definitely so. So um, to not start on a somber note, let's go over to football. Let's start with college football first. So there has been a lot that has happened since we, since we were on the show last um, actually, in terms of college football, they have the college football playoffs set now. They have the top four set. So they have Clemson at number one, Georgia at number two, Oklahoma at number three, and Alabama, Alabama at number, number four. four. Alabama did not play in the SEC championship game, however, because they did lose the last game of the season. So that kind of sucked for them. So, you know, with a team not even playing in a championship game, sneaking into the college football playoff, um, there are some fans out there that are upset about that. But Alabama this season, they played very, very well. Only losing one game in the season, I can, you know, you can definitely say that they were one of the best teams in the, uh, in the college football um, in the playoff this year. Especially at number four. That's a very strong game to be in the number four spot. And, you know, you might have some UCF fans that are listening to our show saying, hey, UCF went undefeated this year. Why are they not in the college football playoff? Whoa, 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 calm down. They're in the AAC. That's not really a big conference at all. Um, so maybe if they were in, if they were in the Big 12, if they were in the SEC and they had gone 12 and, uh, they had gone undefeated 12 and 0, um, then yeah, of course, they would be a shoe-in for the college football playoff. However, since they don't have many games that are quality wins in the eyes of the committee, um, I, I would say the only big wins they had was USF, the very uh, one of the very last games of the season in the championship game. The uh, Memphis they played them twice in the, in the season two, and, and they, they also played uh, they played Navy as well. So they had three quality wins over the season, but that's not a lot compared to everyone else because Alabama played 
the likes of Auburn, LSU, Tennessee. Like they played some very, very high profile teams. So that's the main reason why UCF got shafted. And that's one of the main reasons why Scott Frost decided to say, bye everybody. I'm heading out of, I'm heading out of Florida and going up to Nebraska to coach there. So he'll be playing the, he'll be coaching the bowl game, which is very good for UCF. But after that point, they are going to be splitting ways. They're going to be heading out to Nebraska and um, good luck to Scott Frost up there in Nebraska. But what else happened this, uh, this past month, JT, that you would like to talk about in college football? Well, Dylan, we got a lot of uh, interesting bowl games that came out as they were announced this past Sunday. Uh, you got the Las Vegas Bowl between, uh, I'm sorry, the Our Nation Cure Bowl, excuse me, between Boise State and Oregon. The Las Vegas Bowl is Marshall against Colorado State. And let's see what else we got. We got another bowl game between Utah and West Virginia. That should be a good one. Florida State, despite all the drama that happened with Jimbo Fisher and him leaving, they made a bowl game. Yeah. <laughs> Grand against Southern Miss in the Independence Bowl, but they made a bowl game. Uh, the uh, Texas Bowl is going to be my Longhorns. We're going to play Missouri. That's going to be an interesting matchup. And then you have the Camping World between Virginia Tech and Oklahoma State. That's going to be a good one. The Alamo Bowl. This is one I'm really excited about. TCU against Stanford. That's going to be a huge game. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a very, very good game. That's going to be a a game that will catapult that team into the next season with uh, high hopes and possibly going on to the college football playoffs. That's going to be a very, very good game to watch. Yep. You got the Cotton Bowl between USC and Ohio State. Uh, And then we have... Washington against Penn State in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. And you got Wisconsin and Miami in the Capital One Orange Bowl. A uh, game I'm interested to see is Washington versus Penn State, simply because I think Penn State feels as though they were shafted a little bit when it comes to the college football playoff this year. I mean, they had a very, very good a very, very good schedule this year, very good team this year. And uh, once again, they were they were not able to make it to the college football playoff. But I think if they make a statement game in, in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl and go in there, beat Washington, and have some ahead of steam going into next season, I think they are really um, favorites to be in the college football playoff next season because they're a very, very good team. James Franklin's done a very good job with that program, and I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. So keep your eye on that game because I think if Penn State goes in there and just crushes Washington flat out, I think that that's a a word to the wise when it comes to Alabama, when it comes to Clemson saying, hey guys, watch out next season because we're going to be right there in the thick of things at the very end of the season. So Penn State's a team to watch out for this year. Yep, and then on New Year's Day, Dylan, we got Michigan against South Carolina in the Outback Bowl. UCF, they may have gone undefeated but and not getting a sniff in the playoffs, but they are going to a New Year's Six Bowl. They're going to play Auburn at a Chick-fil-A Bowl up in Atlanta. So I think that's going to be a really good game. UCF, time to show what you're made of, man. So if you can beat Auburn, they'll be off to a great start in the recruiting battle for the 2018 uh, season. Notre Dame is going to take on LSU at the Citrus Bowl. So that's going to be a very good game as well. And, of course, as you mentioned, Dylan, the playoff games, Georgia against Oklahoma at the Rose Bowl, and you got Alabama 
against Clemson at the Sugar Bowl. Going back to UCF, it's going to be a huge game for UCF, the program, and also Scott Frost as well, because he wants to go into Nebraska being a coach that went undefeated the entire season, especially winning their bowl game. Now, playing up against Auburn, that is a tough opponent to play. I think Auburn is a very, very good team, and in the SEC championship game, I just don't think they were on it that day. I don't think they were they were playing their, their type of game, because I mean, they were playing up against Georgia. Georgia is a very, very good football team, but I think if UCF can go in there, win that game, it might not help them in recruiting. It, it might, I mean, but at the same time, you have to think about Scott Frost leaving. Scott Frost is a huge name at UCF. I think that's the main reason why they had a lot of recruits coming into UCF, uh, because Scott Frost has done a phenomenal job with that program. And once he leaves, I mean, you know, we, we they still have to get a coach for UCF. And so once they do that, then it's, it's I mean, uh, do they have a big name coach they're looking at? Well, UCF, they did hire a coach, uh, the offensive coordinator from uh, Missouri. His name is escaping my head right now, but I'll I'll try to find it. But one thing I want to mention before we talk about the coaching carousel in college yeah, football yeah. is the Heisman Trophy presentation is tomorrow. It is. It is. And Baker Mayfield is top of the list. I think Baker Mayfield is going to walk away with it, but he was a walk-on a walk-on on the football team, and he had a phenomenal season this year. If he wins the Heisman Trophy, which he deserves the Heisman Trophy, if he wins that, um, that's going to be a phenomenal success story over in Oklahoma. And I hope him. I wish him all the best when it comes to playing in in professional in in the NFL because he'll definitely get a really good contract going into the NFL um, with the performance he played this year. So. I think that it'll be great to see uh, the Heisman performance, uh, the Heisman Trophy presentation tomorrow, and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. So with this new head coach over in UCF, let's let's talk about the coaching carousel. Um, look up the numbers for the offense for Mizzou last year. I just want to see what their numbers were when it comes to offensive production, just to see what, you know, to give UCF fans a taste of what they might see next season. But um, while he's looking up that, so there have been some big things happening in the coaching carousel. The biggest thing was this entire season, I was telling everyone on this program, look, Tennessee, you need to fire Butch Jones. I don't care about the $8 million buyout. I don't care about any of that. Give him his money. Let him go on his way. And so that we can figure out what we need to do in the future to become a successful program once again. Because... We are not the team we were back in the 90s when Peyton Manning was the quarterback, us going to the championship game, uh, things like that. We, we are not that team anymore, so we need to get back to that point in Tennessee football, and I think we're going to do that. Um, after we fired Butch Jones, we actually fired our athletic director as well because there was a huge scandal. It sounds like that Philip Fulmer, the brand-new athletic director for Tennessee, was sabotaging the coaching search for John Curry because he didn't want Curry to be the athletic director. He wanted to be the athletic director. So there are reports coming out of Tennessee saying that he sabotaged the whole process so that he could become the athletic director and bring in a guy he feels as though um, can be very successful in the school. So after being turned down by coaches left and right, um, they finally got their man and defensive coordinator from Alabama, uh, Jeremy Pruitt, 
that Jeremy Pruitt's going to be the brand new head coach over there in Tennessee, and Rocky Top is very excited about that hire. And everyone has been has been singing his praises since then. I mean, even Nick Saban said some said, said some things about Jeremy Pruitt, saying that he's a fantastic coordinator. He can do a very good job as a head head coach. Um, he has great football knowledge. So it'll be really really good to see him come into the program and see what he can do. And it'll also give us a leg up on Alabama when that we play them next year and in the in the coming years, as long as Jeremy's there, because Coach Pruitt has. has the mindset of Nick Saban now so that we know what that offense is going to do and he's seen what the offense can do in the practice field and what he knows is going to come at him so I think we can definitely combat that in the next few years and hopefully beat Alabama for the first time in in years it's it's been a long time since we beat Alabama and it'd be nice to I think the last time we beat him was actually Lane Kiffin correct I think that was the last time we we Tennessee beat Alabama Nick Nick Saban led Alabama was when we had Lane Kiffin as our coach so um, it's been a while so I think with Jeremy Pruitt that's going to be um, one of the best things that could happen to the university definitely just to give you a quick recap of some other coaching news in college football uh, Brett Bielema was let go by Arkansas so they brought in a Chad Morris from SMU and as you mentioned Scott Frost is going to Nebraska uh, Arizona State they hired Herm Edwards uh, Today was his last day on yep. Sports Center. Yep, so they hired him. So, uh, speaking of UCF, UCF, their new coach, Josh Coppell, he was an offensive coordinator at Missouri. So they brought him in. They also brought in Randy Shannon, who was the defensive coordinator, I'm sorry, our interim coach at Florida. So, Missouri, we're going to have a free offensive coach. Missouri was ranked seventh overall in total offense, and they averaged like 511 yards per game. And they had like over 6,138 yards like offense in the total season. And that was wow. ranked seven. That's only behind Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Louisville, Memphis, UCF, Ohio State, and uh, Mem- I think I mentioned Memphis right. But yeah, that's not bad, UCF. Good good hire there. That's huge. Uh, UCF, I'm UCF, sorry, Oregon. Uh, Willie Taggart left. He took the job at Florida State. Florida State Jimbo Fisher leaves. He goes to Texas and take that big money. 10 years, $75 million contract. So, yeah, good luck, Jimbo Fisher, on that one. And you mentioned Tennessee bringing in Jeremy Pruitt. And anybody else? Or no, uh, Oregon kept uh, Crystal Bowl, um, their interim coach. Okay. I forgot his last name now, but they kept him as their coach. Um, So he's going to be staying at Oregon. So, yeah, Dylan, a lot of uh, crazy madness Mario Cristobal, that's what it was. Okay. So, yeah, a, a lot of crazy madness in uh, college football for the coaches. So, of those schools, let's look at UCF, look at Tennessee, look at Nebraska, look at Texas A&M, and let's throw in Oregon as well. Of those five teams. Oh, that's right. Florida, Brian, Dan Mullen, too. Let's and Dan Mullen, too. Let's say Florida as well, then. Six yeah. teams. Of those teams, which do you think will be the most successful their first year with their brand new quarter, with their brand new head coach? Ooh, that's a good question, but I'm going to go with uh, – I'm just going to go with Willie Taggart at Florida State, you know, because Willie Taggart, he's he's from Bradenton, Florida. He knows the Florida area. He, of course, he was at USF, was pretty successful there before he went to Oregon. And Florida State, they're down right now, so he's going to get a quarterback, and Florida State is going to go from down right now to, to instant back up. I think Dan Mullen, I think he's going to do pretty well at Florida. Same thing, gets a quarterback. I think Florida State and Florida will – will bounce back up immediately. We'll see about UCF. It'll take some time. But I think the two Florida schools, Florida State and Florida, will be the two favorites. Nebraska, tough job. It's going to take some time. 
I mean, just because it's Nebraska, it's going to be hard to get recruits out there. But Scott Frost with that offense that he runs at UCF, if he brings that to Nebraska, and if they do pretty well in the Big Ten, they got a shot. Because in the Big Ten West, the only team they have to compete with is Wisconsin. If they can beat Wisconsin, they don't have to worry about Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, those other schools in the East. So they might have a shot. But those three, I think Florida, Florida State, and Nebraska are the three schools that I think out of those six you mentioned that could be successful the first season. Out of those six that I mentioned, I would have to say that Texas A&M probably has the best chances simply because Jimbo Fisher's coming in there. He's a fantastic recruiter. He's done a very, very good job at Florida State. The only reason why they lost so many games this season, I feel, is because they're their starting quarterback went down with an injury. It started with that, and then there were other injuries as well um, within their team and stuff on offense and defense. So I think that with that, Jimbo Fisher going into Texas A&M, having Texas to to be able to recruit there, I think that a big name like Jimbo Fisher in the state of uh, in the state of Texas, I think that's a huge deal for that school. So Texas A&M might be on the up and up very quickly, but I don't think next year will be a good year for Scott Frost in Nebraska. But in two years, that, that's what happened here at UCF. At UCF, it took him two years. They went from an o, uh, like a school that won zero games to a school that won every single one of their games within a span of two years. So I think it'll take some time for Scott Frost to implement his, his scheme into that school. But once he does, I, I, I mean, the sky's the limit. In Nebraska, I think they have a better chance of possibly getting a, a chance uh, college football playoff spot than UCF did. Um, So I think Nebraska, the sky's the limit for him and Scott Frost, for them and Scott Frost. I think Scott Frost will be a great coach there. Unfortunately, we had to lose him, but I think that he'll do good things in Nebraska. And then after that, who knows what's going to happen with Scott Frost. I mean, if he's successful the first year, does he go somewhere else? If he's successful, um, if he decides to stay there for a while, do you think he's going to decide to stay there for a while? Or if he's successful in the first two years, he goes somewhere else? No, I think he'll stay. Nebraska's home for him. He used to play there. It was a quarterback there. And... I, I just it's home for him. I, I hard hard to believe it. You leave UCS to go home, and then you're gonna leave after a couple of years. Well, what if he went to Nebraska? Let's say he goes to Nebraska for five, uh, three years, three years. NFL team calls him. What do you think about that? Well, it depends on what team. If it's the Browns, I wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say it's the. Let me let me think here. Let's say it is the Indianapolis Colts. Well, Indianapolis Colts might call. <laughs> Maybe after next season, because I don't know if they have another bad season. Chuck Pagano, I, I mean, I don't think stay. he's going to be there that, so, that much longer. I, I don't think he's, I mean, I, I think Scott Frost is, gonna, is committed so for a while. Okay. Before he moves on to the next step. But okay. speaking of the NFL, let's uh, talk about our Titans. They got a big win against the Texans, our six out of seven. So Titans are doing very well. And as we preview this week, Dylan, we got another big game for the Titans this week against the Cardinals. Yes, we do. Uh, the Cardinals are struggling right now. They are, they are uh, five and seven. I think it is. They're, uh, they're pretty far down. That there. is correct. They're five, five and, seven. and seven right now. The Titans are on a tear right now. They've they've won um, eight uh, eight of their twelve games they've played this season. They've won. So they've been doing a very very good job. They've kept games close. And I think it's kind of like what I talked about earlier uh, a few a few months ago. We talked about Tennessee uh, playing playing their opponents up to the level of their opponents, but not blowing teams out. I I think that's what Tennessee Titans are doing this year. They're staying in games. They're keeping games close. And at the very end... Marcus Mariota has a uh, game-winning drive, or they the defense shuts them down um, on a, 
possible game tying uh, game tying uh, situation. So I, I think that Tennessee is playing to the level of their opponents very well. And I mean, if they win against Arizona, there's a possible chance that because I mean the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing up against the Seahawks this weekend. So if the Seahawks beat the Jaguars, which that can easily happen because Russell Wilson's playing very, very well right now. Their defense is actually stepping up in absence of Richard Sherman being on their defense as well. So I think that if they decide to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend, the Titans advance over the Arizona Cardinals. We'll still be up on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have one game to spare, essentially, because the very last game of the season might even decide the fate of the AFC South. And even if the Titans don't win against them in that last game of the season, look, we could still be a wild card team. I mean, I can te- I can see it in the AFC South. If either the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Tennessee Titans end up ten and six, I could see them going into the playoffs. Because I mean, it, the AFC is not very decisive this year. I mean, there aren't teams coming out saying, hey, we're going to go to the playoffs. And it just seems like everybody's in the middle of the pack, except for the people that are at the top of their conferences. Like the Patriots are up there. Um, You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers being up there. The Titans are on top of the AFC South. Um, Kansas City is struggling right now. They're six and six right now. They're not playing very well at all. But the Baltimore Ravens are picking back up. They're seven and five. So, you know, there are a few teams that are out there that are doing that. But then you look at the, the people who are in the hunt. You have three six and six teams, uh, besides the Kansas City Chiefs. So you have the the Chargers, you have the Buffalo Bills, you have the Oakland Raiders, and after that we have three five and seven teams. We have a four and eight team in Houston, and then the people we don't even have to worry about when it comes to Indianapolis and Denver. Although the funny thing is, on the NFL app, they are not eliminated from possibly going into the playoff, which is weird. I don't know how that could happen, but. Um, being at three and nine and still having a chance of getting into the playoffs. That's incredible. But anyway, um, and then the Cleveland Browns are 0 and 12. So it's a very, very middle of the pack season for the NFL, but that's a very, very good thing for the, for the Tennessee Titans. And also, if you look at it historically over the past five years, we've done very, very well against NFC opponents. We've done very well against NFC opponents. And this year is a, a lot like the same before. I mean, we played against Seattle Seahawks and we dominated. Like we played a very, very good game against Seattle. Um, there are some NFC opponents we played this year that you know um, in previous years we might not have won against, but we did this year. So we are a very uh, smash and dash kind of team. And Marcus Mariota is kind of coming into his own a bit, a bit more than he had been earlier in the season. So he's actually taking some chances, chances throwing the ball down the field. If Rashard Matthews comes into the offense too as a wide receiver, we'll have our number one wide receiver back, and we'll have a deep threat too because Corey Davis he's been okay, but he hasn't necessarily been a deep threat. So we need Rashard Matthews to come back on this offense, be the deep threat we need, and I think we can do very, very well in the AFC and possibly do very, very well in the playoffs as well. All right, Dylan, that's a great recap there on the, the That Titans. was a very long-winded yep. recap of the Titans, but hey, I had to say it because I haven't been able to say it, you know, for a month. <laughs> no, man, I, I hear you on that. I definitely like our chances on that. All right, guys, well, now me and Dylan are going to talk about what's going on in basketball, and we're going to start a little bit about college basketball. There was a big game here in the state of Florida this week between the Florida State Seminoles and the Florida Gators. Now, the Florida Gators, they're ranked number five, Dylan, in the country right now. They're playing very, very well. Mm -hmm. They've been doing pretty well. 
Even Fort- last year when we watched them in the NCAA uh, tournament, I mean, they were yeah. playing very, very well. They were playing very good basketball last year, too, against yeah. Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, they played against, yeah, Florida Gulf Coast, Coast that night. That's right. And they had that guy that did the granny shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the granny shot I still guy. remember that oh kid. Oh, my gosh. I still remember that kid at that game, though, when we went to the Amway Center. Uh, the guy with the kid was like, "Hey, is the granny shot guy gonna uh, make the in the NBA?" <laughs> yeah, no, he's so, not. No, he's not. That was crazy. But anyway, <laughs> yes, they played Florida State, and Florida State took it to the Gators on Monday, December fourth, and they beat the Gators eighty-three to sixty-six. It was a stunning upset. Uh, the Florida Gators—they're seven and zero. They're undefeated right now, so they're getting up there. But Top 10 teams in college basketball before. Duke's doing pretty well. They've won 11. They're undefeated. Kansas, they're up there at 7-1. Michigan State, 8-1. Villanova, they're undefeated 9-0. The Gators, they're right now on a three-game losing streak, but hopefully they'll pick it up. Wichita State, 7-1. Texas A&M, 7-1. Kentucky, 7-1. Notre Dame at 7-2 at number 9. And then Miami, the U, the Canes, they're sitting there at 8-0. UNC, the Tar Heels are right behind them. All right, Dylan, let's talk about what's been going on in the NBA because there's been a lot of action going on there in the NBA. Yes, there has. Of course, Jaleel Okafor, he got traded from the Sixers to the Brooklyn Nets. That went down today. Of course, if you remember Dylan, Jaleel Okafor, he's the one that when he got drafted, they had those three players, um, Ben Simmons and all them up there, and he was the one that kind of just tossed his Sixers jersey like this. like He didn't want to wear it. Nope. a couple years later, now he's gone. He's going to Brooklyn. So uh, that was funny, of course. And the NBA, a lot of teams have been streaking. No, not that streaking, Dylan, but winning streaks. Well, probably streaking as well. <laughs> Maybe not on the basketball court, but after the game, who knows? Who knows what you do in your personal life? Keep that bedroom door closed, sir. Jesus. <laughs> but the Boston Celtics, they've won four in a row. The Cleveland Cavaliers, Dylan, they have won 13 games in a row at 18-7. and seven. They are second in the East. Of course, the Raptors fit, sitting there third and 15-7. They won four in a row. And then, of course, in the conference, the Houston Rockets, they've won eight straight games Ooh. sitting there at 19-4. They're above the Golden State. They're uh, half a game up against the Golden State Warriors. And normally you would think the Warriors would be at the top of the division in December, not the Rockets. True, but it's still early in the season. That's it's true. still pretty That's early. True. So let's not put much uh, on this whole thing because I think that there'll be more shakeups happening later on in the season. Definitely. Of course, my Spurs – we're, we've won two in a row. It's so not much of a streak, but we're 17-8. and eight. We're in third place. we got Kawhi Leonard coming Kawhi. pretty soon. He's Kawhi. So he's possibly coming back on I'm Tuesday. Pretty, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. So those are the hot teams in the NBA right now. The team that's streaking the other direction, the Chicago's, have lost 10 games. Ooh. And they are dead last in the NBA. They are 3-20. and 20. So, Miriam, what, what's going on with your Los Bulls? I'm, I'm sorry, about the Bulls, they're, they're not looking so good. Right not now, looking right? good at all, and then, you know it's it's far away from the heyday of right when Derrick Rose came in there, and and they were playing so well, and even now, you know, with Michael Jordan being there too, they are way past their heyday. Something's happening there in Chicago, and they need to change the water or something because they definitely need to be uh, doing better than they are right now. Yeah, Dylan. Um, speaking of team, the local team, our Orlando Magic, they have. When we last talked about the Magic, they were doing really good, and they were on top of the East and hanging in there. And now we haven't been out in a month, and they've kind of been slipping. They're three and seven in their last ten games. That's the thing. We haven't been. We haven't had a show in the past month. They went three and seven in ten games. I think we just need to keep doing shows. <laughs> if they, if we keep doing shows, if they start coming back now, if they go the next ten games, let's say they go, you know, six and four in the next ten games, six and four are better. We need to keep doing shows. Definitely. Well, the Magic, they did get a win 
against the Atlanta Hawks the other night. They beat them 110-106. to So the Magic, let's hope they can get a winning streak going, um, even though they did lose their forward, Evan Fournier. Uh, he had an ankle sprain, so he might be out for a while. But uh, let's see. Let's hope uh, DJ Augustine carried the team the other night with 20. Uh, and uh, we hope he can get going. Evan Fournier, of course, he had an ankle injury, but he had 27 points. So let's see, Dylan. Let's see if we can get a hot streak going for the Magic. They are playing the uh, Nuggets right now. Uh, let me see. There's a score update on there. Right now, the Nuggets, the Nuggets are going to win 101 to 89. So okay. we'll see. Magic, they still got plenty of time to turn it around. They will hopefully can get that streak going. All right, Dylan. Let's discuss some hockey news. Hockey news. So for the last month, Dylan, your Preds, they've been they streaking. Looking? They've been streaking, <laughs> and uh, in the good way. Uh, also, probably like I said, the other way that we don't want to think about. But you know, whatever happens behind their bedroom door, let's let them <laughs> let's let them be. Um, but yeah, they are streaking. They actually have been doing very well recently. They're the number in terms of the power rankings on ESPN, which I'll talk about later. They are number two on the power rankings on ESPN. So Nashville's looking very, very good. They are 18-7-3 on the season so far. They have 39 points. They're one point behind the St. Louis Blues, although the St. Louis Blues have played one more game than we have. So if we win tonight against the, the Golden Knights, then we will be number one in the in the um, Central Division in the Western Conference. As of right now, we are losing against the Golden Knights 1-0. to zero. So hopefully that they pick back up. They're in the middle of the second period right now, so we will hopefully have an update at the very end of the show. But Nashville's looking very, very good. In the Central Division, it looks a little bit different than what it usually does. I mean, the Chicago Blackhawks, they are not looking good at all right now. They well, are actually, Corey Crawford's injured right now. He's going to be out for a while. He is injured right now. Chicago on the season is 12-11-5. They have 29 points on the season, but they do have a plus-5 goal differential, which is very good, which is better than most teams they're also losing to dave's buffalo sabers right now yes <laughs> so i mean you know it, they they aren't looking too good minnesota a game a team that i thought that was going to be playing very well this season that they were going to be contenders for the top of the central division they're not playing well at all either they're 13 11 and 3 um and they've played 27 games so far so i mean there are a lot of teams in the central division that are negative goal differentials um the only positive goal differentials we have are chicago winnipeg nashville and st louis and uh only double digit goal differentials we have are for st louis nashville and winnipeg so um chicago minnesota teams like that they aren't playing very well anaheim has been injury ridden so far too i'm i believe mike is very upset about that over at dbc trade um so they're 12 11 and 6 right now um and the edmonton oilers What's happening over there with Connor McDavid? They're 11, 15, and 2. And speaking of that, I actually went to Washington a few weeks ago, which we didn't talk about because I was I was gone. Yeah. Um, but we went to Washington, and Bailey and I did. And we went to a Washington Capitals versus Edmonton Oilers game. And it was phenomenal. Uh, that's That arena is really, really cool. It It's weird because it's not like standing alone like most arenas are. Like, you know, in, in Tampa Bay... The arenas by itself, Nashville, the same thing. It's just its own, its own, uh, uh, own building. But here, it was in the middle of Chinatown. Yep. Um, it was it was interesting, but I mean, it was a fantastic game though. They actually won that game in a shootout. That was the first game Ann Bailey's ever been to that went to a shootout. So that was really cool for her to see. But they won that game, and um, Alex Alex Ovechkin before the game, fans were talking about how lazy he had become. And I must say, he uh, he definitely was pretty lazy on the ice. 
Yeah, he's just waiting for the playoffs. He is. He's waiting for the playoffs. Speaking I, 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 of Alex Ovechkin, though, he did um, play the other night as the Capitals. We spanked the Blackhawks 6-2, to two, and the Capitals, last we talked, they weren't doing so hot. They've been kind of up and down, but uh, your your boy um, for the <laughs> the coach for the Capitals, he, yep. he put Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson, and Ovechkin on the same line. Barry Trotz, man. Barry Trotz, he did it and got the Capitals on fire. And the Caps, we're up 2-1 right now against the Rangers right now as we speak. And the Capitals have been doing pretty well, Dylan. They are currently in the first wild card in spot the first wild card above spot. Pittsburgh Penguins. Look at that. Yeah, the Penguins have been struggling with injuries. Look but at that. I still expect them to be in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, they will be. You know, so the, the Caps are, are slowly turning around, Dylan. So... That's looking good. Brain Hope is looking good. TJ Oshie, Kieran Lope. We're right now 17-11-1. And uh, we are doing pretty well. And we've won six of our, our past seven games. So everything's looking good for the Caps. Speaking of teams doing really hot right now, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Dylan, they are still leading the Atlantic Division. Last I checked, they had a game last night against the Avalanche, and they beat them 5-2. Steven Stamkos, he had three points in that game. And Vladislav Nemeshikov, I hope I said that right, oh, did pretty geez. well. And they uh they won and you know the lightning they just look unstoppable right now so they also beat the sharks the other night 5-2 Nikita Kucherov and Tyler Johnson both had uh scored twice in that game the other night against the sharks so the lightning are going to get pretty busy Dylan they got the jets tomorrow at home and then they're going to play the blues on Tuesday Jeez. I mean, I'm telling you what, Tampa Bay is looking very, very good. They're the, the number one team in the league right now with 42 points. They also have a goal differential of plus 35 right now. Um, they have been playing lights out this whole entire season so far. I don't see them slowing down anytime soon unless there's an injury that possibly pops up. Um, that's the only way I can see them actually getting into a slump because they are playing very, very well. They've had a lot of puck luck um, the past few weeks. So, um Watch Tampa Bay Lightning because they're going to be really, really heavy contenders for the Cup this year uh, when it comes to playoff time. Definitely so. All right, Dylan, on to some um, league news. So this broke a couple days ago, but the Seattle City Council approved uh, Oakview's group's plan to redevelop Key Arena at Seattle Center. So that happened. And then, of course, last night there was news breaking in the NHL that they apparently slipped in an expansion bid that no one heard of. So they paid $650 million, Ooh. which is $150 more than what Vegas paid a few years ago. So it looks like, Dylan, the NHL is going to Seattle. I bet the owners are happy, though, yeah. that, that it went up between last year and this year because that tells, like that tells us up. yeah, that tells us season, that NHL is doing a lot better than it $82 million, had. yeah. Exactly. So that was the latest from the Board of Governors meeting. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, just a quick update on the Orlando Solar Bears, Dylan. They've gone 8-2-1 and one in their last 11 games. And they're sitting at 500. They are ninth in the Eastern Conference in the ECHL. The Orlando Solar Bears, they defeated Cincinnati Cyclones 5-3 to the other night. Um, their goalie, Heater, had 27 saves. And uh, Kristen Popozo, he got two goals and assists. So he's done really well. The Orlando Solar Bears are picking it up. So we'll see how they do for the rest of the season. Hoping they make the playoffs in the ECHL coming up. So that's my update for the Orlando Solar Bears. All yeah, right, Dylan. and so ECHL also, I mean, with, with the Orlando Solar Bears, I hope to go to a game soon, too. After the holidays, I really want to go to one of the games because I still haven't gone to a game yet, and I feel like a, an awful, 
uh, Floridian because I haven't gone to an Orlando Solar Bears game yet, but I haven't. So hopefully after the holidays um, calm down and everything at the beginning of the year, I'll be able to go to a game and hopefully we'll be able to see a playoff game here in Orlando. That'd be very, very cool to see. So moving on to our segment of the week, let's start with JT's football recap of the week. JT, the microphone is all yours. Thanks, Dylan. All right, I know we haven't talked football footy in a month. It's been but a long time. I'm going to do my best. So let's just recap some action that happened the past month. So we had the USL championship between Louisville City FC going at it against the Swole Park Rangers. They won that game 1-0 with a goal from Cameron Lancaster in the 88th minute to give them Louisville City FC their first championship in the USL. So congrats to them. In the NASL, we had their championship this past month between the San Francisco Deltas and the New York Cosmos. The Deltas won that game at home at Kizar Stadium with goal from Tommy Heineman and sent it all to the last second to give them a 2-0 victory. So that means the Deltas are the champions. Unfortunately, they will not be back next season. I'll talk about that later. And we also have the MLS Cup playoffs. But don't worry, guys, you didn't miss anything because the same two teams I played last year, the Seattle Sounders and Toronto FC, are playing each other again. That will be tomorrow. All right, Dylan. Orlando City, they only have one game, Kikau's final game. They play the Puerto Rican national team. And Orlando City won that game 6-1. And Orlando City, they made $327,530 to donate for the United Puerto Rico Fund for the hurricane leave that is going on. So that's pretty awesome for them. So good thing, good job, Orlando City, on that. Now on to some soccer news. We had our NASL USSF soccer lawsuit update. So the NASL had their up lawsuit filed, and they uh, that uh, injunction request got denied. They filed an appeal. That will happen a hearing next week, December 15th. The league has lost a couple teams. The Deltas have folded. Of course, FC Edmonton has folded. And North Carolina FC is moving to the USL. So right now they have seven teams. Don't know if this league's going to be around. I would them. I would try to work out seven at USSF soccer. But who knows? We'll see what happens. Speaking of USSF, Sunil Glad, he's announced that he's not going to run for uh, election next year for the USSF soccer president. So we got nine candidates, Dylan. Eric Ronaldo, Paul LaPointe. Uh, Kathy Carter is going to run. And you heard about this morning, Dylan. Hope Solo has announced she's going to run. So, man, it's just getting crazy. We missed the World Cup, and now it's just gone bonkers. Lawsuits and teams folding, like Rochester. Left and, and right. The Deltas. Oh, man, it's just going crazy, man. Crazy, crazy. The World Cup 2018 is now set. So we got that going on, Dylan, with some World Cup action. We got Portugal and Spain in the same group. So that's going to be interesting. you got Germany playing Mexico. That's going to be the opener as well. Uh, Russia, they I don't know what they did, but they got an easy group. Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Uruguay. They, they I don't know. And they're the weakest team in the, in the whole uh, all the teams at FIFA rankings. So that's going to be interesting. Now quick, you wait for Champions League update. Champions League, uh, you had some teams, local teams, Manchester United, PSG, Roma, Barcelona, Liverpool, Man City, Pachikis, Tottenham, Basel, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Juve, Sevilla, Shakhtar Nets, Porto, and Real Madrid advancing. And then notable teams out of the Europa League, you got Inter Milan, you got Arsenal, Lazio, and then you have Lyon, and Marseille, and Nice, and Villarreal, and Braga. So those are some teams in the Europa League that advance. The draws will be next week, so me and Dylan will give you an update on that. All right, guys, on to some games to watch this week. So my games to watch this week, I have three games. So obviously, as I mentioned, the MLS Cup 
is tomorrow, 4 o'clock at ESPN. Toronto FC taking on Seattle Sanders. I predict that Toronto FC is going to get revenge in this game in the rematch, and they're going to win this game 2-1. to one. But it'll be tomorrow at 4 p.m. at ESPN. Watch that. My European match on Saturday, you got the Derby d'Italia as Juventus takes on Inter Milan. That's at 2.45 p.m. on BN Sports. And on Sunday, the big one, we got the Manchester Derby between Manchester United and Manchester City. That will be at 11.30 on NBCSN. And that, Dylan, will conclude my football recap of the week. So moving on to some miscellaneous news. So Tiger Woods returned to the golf world, uh, played in the Hero World Challenge from November 30th to December 3rd. And you know what? He actually played very well. He actually, his last round, he uh, was four under par. He actually ended with eight under par. He was tied for ninth in the cha- in the tournament. So congratulations to Tiger Woods. He said he's feel he feels fantastic. He hasn't felt this great since his wife knocked in his Cadillac window. It's <laughs> it's phenomenal. He's playing very very well. Um, Ricky Fowler was number one in that tournament. He ended with an 18 under par. Charlie Hoffman was a 14 under par, and Jordan Spieth was a, a 12 under par. So three Americans ending up the top three there um, in Albany when they had that tournament. So congratulations to them. Uh, Aaron Boone is now the new manager of the New York Yankees. Yeah, I find that pretty interesting because, you know, he's never coached a, a baseball team before. He's been an analyst. So the Yankees going with someone who, who would play for them. So that's going to be an interesting move, Dylan. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Gene Cardinal Stanton for the Marlins. He still doesn't have a home. Last we checked, he was talking to the Cardinals and the Giants, but he apparently vetoed those trades. So Derek Jeter, Jerry, give him a choice. Either you go to those teams or we're not moving you. And I'm going to get rid of everybody, so your team's going to be bad next season. Because he wants to go to the Astros, the Cubs, or the Yankees. Which, so, they're both, they're all three contenders. That's the reason why he wants to go. Yeah. But, I mean, I understand. You have Derek Jeter now as one of the owners of your team. You need to stay there. Like, there, there's no reason for you to leave. I, th- I think that with Miami, they can bring in some really good talent having Derek Jeter there and having that ownership team there. Um, so I, if I were Giancarlo and Giancarlo Stanton, I would say, look, listen, just stay there. Stay there in Miami. Um, wait it out for at least a year. See what happens first and then move on if you need to. But I think that if you give them one year and you say, look, I played for you for one year. You said this was going to happen. We were going to get better. We haven't gotten better. I want to go somewhere else. I think you have a better leverage in that situation than leaving right now. Definitely. All right, Dylan, some breaking news that happened just before we went on air. Shohei Otani, you know, the Japanese uh, pitcher and hitter who everyone's saying in Japan he's the next Babe Ruth. Well, he's apparently made a decision. He decided to sign for, wait for it, the California Angels of Los Angeles slash Anaheim slash Orange County slash L.A. Wannabes. Now, that's who he signed for. I was really surprised, Dylan. I thought he was going to really go to Seattle Mariners after Ichiro playing there and everything. But I guess he didn't want to stay in the shoes, so he's going to go with the Angels. There you so go. So that's going to be a very interesting move. And then uh, one quick note, Dylan, from the UFC. Uh, George St. Pierre has decided to vacate his middleweight title uh, due to health reasons. So that means, Dylan, that uh, Robert Whitaker is basically been elevated as the undisputed champ. So hopefully for uh, George St. Pierre, he'll take care of himself and get better and be back in the octagon ring pretty soon. And you would think that like with GSP leaving UFC, 
Um, that's a huge move for him, and that's a huge move for the sport because he was one of the pioneers when it came to the UFC in the first place. So um, that's huge news coming out of UFC. I hope all the best for him. Hopefully he does come back because he was a fantastic fighter. Um, I would watch a lot of it when I was at Buffalo Wild Wings. We would always have the fights on at night, and people would freak out. I'm telling you what, there would be people coming from all walks of life coming to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch UFC and to watch him fight. So um, congratulations on his career. Hopefully he comes back soon. And, um, you know, hopefully there's nothing out there. Hopefully there's not a health issue that he's just not telling us about. And he's just kind of hiding saying, I'm just going to, you know, give it my belt and stuff. Hopefully that's not the case, but we'll see. So I've been waiting for this segment for a while now since we haven't done it in a month. But now it's time for Uncle Bobby's Scam Alert. Uncle Bobby's on the phone. Thanks for joining us this evening. Well, thanks for uh, having me back again. Uh, nice of uh, we took some time off there, but uh, glad to be back. So my scam is uh, Rafael Palmeiro. Um, after being out of baseball for so long, after saying on uh, a testimony of Congress that he just wasn't using any uh, 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 performance enhancing drugs, and he got popped for having them, he now decides that at a nice old age of over fifty, he's going to try and do a comeback. Uh, both of his sons are playing uh, professional, and he wants to try to join them. Um, so I just don't understand how he's going to be able to make it with the wear and tear, especially if his age being out for so long, but we'll see what happens. But my scam is that he's even going to attempt to come back. So we'll see who signs him. I don't know why you would think that it would be a good idea to attempt to come back at that point anyway, especially at his age. Like you were saying, that's just kind of, uh, I mean, the biggest word I can think of is he, he's an idiot for thinking he can come back at this age. But I mean, I, I guess we'll have to see what happens when he, when he goes out there for the first time to see if he still has what it what it takes to uh, be successful. So, I guess good luck to him. Okay, well, let's yeah. move on to winners and losers. JT, I'll start with you first, sir. All right, guys. So, my winner this week is Tyler Stewart. Tyler Stewart, he's a season ticket holder for the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> and they had a game last night. And the Blues, they're back up. Their backup goalie, he was running late to the game, so he was not going to be able to be the backup for their game last night. Uh, their game last night against the Dallas Stars. So Tyler Stewart, he's a season ticket holder, but he also works for the team as a vending machine uh, worker. So they asked him, "Hey, can you suit up and you know be a backup for like a couple periods and?" And so our goalie gets here. And he said, heck yeah, I'm going to do it. So he got on the ice, and they took some practice shots on him during the pregame warm-ups. And he got to sit behind the bench during the first period. And he basically got the best seats in the house. I'm right there with the players seeing my favorite team go play. So that was awesome. And the Blues, their goalie, their back goalie from the AHL did eventually make it for the second and third period. And for the Blues, they won. They beat the Dallas Stars 3-0 last night. So good for him. My loser this week is the New York Giants. In that situation, Dylan, it was a hot mess. Hot mess. Last week, they did the unthinkable, and Ben McAdoo, who I said was going to get fired months ago, how he still has a job, and Tennessee fired their coach well before he got fired. I have no idea. But they he uh, got bench Eli Manning last week against the game against the Raiders, and they lost that game. Geno Smith started. And Eli Manning, I felt bad for him. He's trying to fight back tears because he had a, a record streak ended. And then earlier this week, the owners decided to, Ben McAdoo, get out. You're fired. 
after a two attempts record this season. So they fired him, they fired the GM, and then the next day, Eli Manning, you got your job back. You're going to start this weekend. So, wow, it's it's been crazy. The New York Giants, uh, bad season. Hopefully they turn around next year. But that's my loser this week. Yeah, I mean, that that's an incredible situation, like we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, Eli Manning did not deserve to get benched last week. I know that they keep saying, you know, yeah, he's getting older. He's going to be retiring soon, whatever. It's just that he's a two-time Super Bowl champion and MVP. Why would you bench him in the first place? It's not him. It's your team. Or maybe it's even your coaching style. And that's what the owners thought whenever they said, you know what, Ben McAdoo, don't let the door hit you on the way out because it was your haircut that changed all of this. Last year, you were okay. Last year, we actually had a good team. This year, you got your haircut and see what happens. So anyway, Uncle Bobby, it's time for you, sir. Okay, so my winner is surprisingly Colin Kaepernick, and the reason why is that he's actually going after all the NFL owners and the commissioner, uh, basically saying that they colluded against him after nobody signed him uh, for, of course, what he did uh, with uh, sit on the bench and all that, kneeling and all that, and now everybody else is kneeling. Well, not everybody else, but some players kneel every week, and the teams are okay with that. The league is okay with that, but they uh, did not uh, – like Colin Kaepernick for starting them, at least. So now he's going after them. It's been a few weeks. I haven't got an update yet on uh, what has happened, but I'm just waiting to see what comes out of this because it could end up being a very big uh, lawsuit win for him. Uh, just, of course, just depends. But uh, So it's kind of funny, but that's my winner. Uh, my loser is Papa John. Uh, the NFL is definitely losing revenue this year, uh, ratings, attendance, and all that. Papa John's blaming it on the NFL for them losing revenue. Uh, not to think that their pizza isn't any good. Uh, but pizza says, Hey, our pizzas are doing fine. So yeah, I just don't think that, uh, it's the NFL causing Papa John's to lose revenue. So that's my, uh, uh, loser. Well, going back to Colin Kaepernick, like you were talking about before, have there been players kneeling as much as they have? Because I haven't really heard of anything about that. I've been watching games. I haven't really been seeing it that much either. I might not be watching the right games, but I mean, are there players still kneeling? I got an update. I got an update. So like I said, every week someone puts it out. So last week's games, there were nine teams, 23 players. So, wow. You know, they're still doing it. I mean, I mean, of course, it's, thankfully, it's not everybody, but it's just usually the same ones that do it every week. Okay. Um, but like I said, the problem is they're letting them do it, and Colin Fagback is the first one to start it, and they you know, basically went after him. I mean, of course, he did other stuff on the way, but like I said, I just don't understand what's going on. So Yeah, and they have been donating more money to charities, more money to organizations that kind of confront that issue. So uh, hopefully this issue can be all behind us soon. And I think that people will start watching the NFL once again um, because players are going to stop kneeling and protesting, things like that. Hopefully that's what their intent was with this. But, you know, if, if it's not as widespread as it was before. So I guess it is helping the situation some way. Um, well, my winner this week is going to be the National Predators because they are playing very, very well right now. But the main reason why they're my winners is because ESPN has finally given them due um, because they have put them number two on the power rankings this week. Uh, right behind the Tampa Bay Lightning, which they are the best team in the NHL. The Predators are arguably the best team in the NHL right now, but Tampa Bay had such a strong start. They're still playing pretty strong, so that's why they're number one. But ESPN finally put them on the on the power rankings at number two, which that's fantastic. So congrats to the National Predators. And my loser this week is the whole country of Russia because they have been banned from 
playing in the Olympics this coming up this coming up year that in the Winter the Olympics. That includes the hockey team. And so with them not being able to play, if there are athletes in Russia who want to still play, if they pass their drug test, then they can play underneath a neutral in the Olympics. So what does that mean for the athlete? I mean, what, they're just going to stand there on the podium with a white flag and they're just going to play, you know, we are the champions by queen. Like what's going to go on with that? Do you guys have any guesses? The white flag to me sounds no, like, like they're going to surrender. That's oh, <laughs> true. They might be surrendering if they have a white flag. Go ahead, Bobby. Yeah. So my, like I said, I was talking about how, who's going to pay him. So if from Rio's Olympics, I get the, uh, this, the graphic, Russia paid their athletes, Gold was sixty-two grand, silver thirty-one grand, and bronze twenty-six. They out of all the countries that paid, they paid the highest. So, for some countries, that's why you do it because you know if you win, you're going to get paid. Uh, you know, I mean, probably the U.S. has the most for endorsements, but a lot of these countries, that's their money. I mean, if they're athletes and they're like for the government type thing, like Cuba would do, you know, other countries back in the day, you know, that that was their life. You know, so yeah. I'm just wondering, but. Uh, but I just think, like I said, it's making no sense to me to say that they're going to say, okay, you guys can compete, but you can't represent your country. So it's like, it's weird. It's really weird. They, they should say, no, you need, to, you need to be retested. Make sure you're not drugs and you can play. You know, that's what it should be. I mean, I'm sorry. That, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, all I know is, is if, if the athletes are expecting Vladimir Putin to pay for this whole trip for them because, you know, they're still going to perform, but they're not performing for Russia, I'm sorry to tell you. He's not going to pay. So you have to find some money to get there to the Olympics in South Korea and um, maybe, you know, maybe go out there and perform. And and you're pretty much representing yourself when you go out there, just to let you know. So anyway, those are my winners and losers. Let's move on to final thoughts. I'll start with you, JT. All right. Well, my final thought is going to be about this LeVar Ball situation, which I mean, not much new, but it's gotten a whole lot crazier because in case you guys haven't heard, he's pulling his son Leangelo um, out of UCLA and LaMelo out of high school to go play basketball in Europe. Well, for Leangelo, he ain't going to play basketball in China. That's not happening. No, that's not happening at all. Shoplifting situation. Nope, nope. Mark that one off the list because that's (laughs) not going to be a school you're going to. So... I don't know what is LeVar Ball doing, but according to reports, their sons have signed with Agent Harrison Gaines, uh, and their plan is for both of them to play on the same team overseas for like at least a season, and then he's going to bring him in in 2018 during the draft and expects both of their sons to get drafted. Now, first off, LeVar, I do not see any NBA team, not even our beloved Orlando Magic, taking any of your kids. It's not happening. Well, the Lakers already took Lonzo. How's Lonzo doing in the, in the Laker land right now? Not so hot. Well, I mean, he's still there, though. He's still well, there. And, he, and it's, he's a rookie. I mean, come on. He, he's going to be up and down his first season anyway, playing with those giants they have in the NBA. But, I mean, he's still on a team right now. So I, it's not necessarily impossible for these two to go play in, in Europe and come back and expect to be drafted next season. But, I mean, is it possible? It, it is, but there's not a very high possibility that's going to happen. No, Dylan, they got a better chance playing in the G League than they do in the NBA right now. <laughs> yeah. So, LeVar Ball, I don't know what he's doing. He's doing all this talk about, oh, my sons would be great. They'd be better than Michael Jordan. And, yeah, Donald Trump made it to my kid out but of China. But, you know, I sent him a pair of big ball of brand shoes, and I didn't get a thank you for that. Come on, man. Really, LeVar Ball? Really? 
LeVar, just do us a favor. Shut up and stay in your lane, please. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. The classic stylings of right JT. Um, moving on to Uncle Bobby. Uncle Bobby, your final thoughts. Yeah, so uh, another kind of sad note, but a, a kind of a helpful note. Uh, Nick Bonacani, the great uh, linebacker from the old Miami Dolphins back in the 70s, uh, he announced that he will be donating his brain to the CTE science study for the uh, uh, issues they're having uh, with the brain issues from the games. So uh, kind of sad to see that uh, he's affected by it and also, but it's nice to see he's going to be uh, jump on board and help out. So uh, nice to hear that from uh, Nick Bonacani. There you go. Well, my final thought goes out to my mom. Uh, she actually passed away from stage four breast cancer almost two weeks ago. It'll be two weeks from uh, this coming up Monday. So this show is dedicated to her. Um, and she fought a hard fought, fought battle the past 11 months. And unfortunately, she succumbed to her her diagnosis. Um, but she is in a much better place now. She's no longer suffering. She is in such a better place than she was here. So this show goes out to my mom. Uh, so yeah. Thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. Um, We appreciate you guys supporting us and being there for us. We will record a show next week. I promise we're not going to do this whole month-long break thing again. We just needed a a moment of zen, and the moment turned into a month. So, I mean, that's all I can tell you. But follow us on Facebook, Out of Bounds Podcast with Dylan James. Follow us on Twitter, OOB Podcast. And you can also also reach out to us on our email. My email is dylan at outofboundspodcast.com. Give us feedback suggestions comments concerns whatever you guys have feel free to call me or email me and let me know what those are and we will be sure to address those on the show jt what are your social media handles sir you can reach me at twitter on at jt 88 it's at jtsocka88 you can email me at jt at outofboundspodcast.com and you can follow me on my personal sports blog it's www.jtthesportsguy.com And Uncle Bobby, what is your social media handle? I'm going to skip my social handle because I don't have him, but I just want to say I'm uh, sorry to hear about your mom they're doing. I know if uh, everybody loses a mom, it's never good. Uh, Because as far as I'm concerned, I don't care what the food is. Moms know how to make it. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I really uh, understand what you're going through. Um, But I just want to say sorry to get that, and uh, this show is definitely in honor of your mom. Definitely so. Definitely so. Well, thanks for listening this week, guys, and we will talk to you next week. Locked into 24 7 Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderin from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. 
For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ug? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the oh, ball? I'll get you the oh, ball. ball. Baby BLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody. 